Hello, and welcome to episode 225 of the Casual Set Review Podcast. I mean, Try Hard Podcast. Uh, I'm Brian. It feels like recently. Yes, I'm Brian. Yeah. So, um, for some reason, uh, Wizards thought that while your cards were still in the mail from TCG Player, that they would, that you, of course, bought with our affiliate link, uh, that they um, would release another set. So, even before you get your cards, they would like you to have another set. Yeah, they thought, uh, you know, Standard was getting stale, so they'd inject <laughs> some more cards. And then at the same time, make rotation longer. Yeah, we did it. Yay. Uh, sure. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Standard is stale because this set's been out for two weeks. Yep. Awesome. So, um, if you would like to get at us on social media and tell us uh, about all the things you love about Standard Magic... And uh, teeny tiny sets that come out right after sets that uh, just released. Uh, you can get mm-hmm. at us on social media. All of those links are in the description below. Yeah, hit us up. Let us know what you think. If you're looking to support the show, there's a couple ways you can do it. The first is, like Brian mentioned, with our TCG Player affiliate link, casualtryhard.com slash TCG. It's a new link. Make sure you follow this one, not the old one. The old one doesn't work anymore. Um yeah, anything you purchase after following that link from TCG Player will help to support the show. We'll get a percentage of and help pay all our, our fees for keeping the podcast going. And if you want to support us more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. That link hasn't changed. Um, patrons get access to our pre-show, which is kind of just an hour of us talking about what we're going to do, making sure our equipment works, kind of catching up. Um, more content. Uh, completely unscripted, unedited, just raw us for an hour. Um, if that interests you, you can sign up. Patrons also get access to our show notes, so you get a sneak peek about what the next week's episode is going to be of. And you get put on my mailing list for when I have swag to send out. Swag. And the next round of mailing should be going out soon. Um, it was on my to-do list this weekend, and I didn't quite get there. So it'll be going out at some point this month And uh if anybody wants in on that, sign up for Patreon at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Chip a couple bucks in, help support the show directly to us, and you get some sweet perks. So check that out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, March of the Machine Aftermath, they are doing a small set that will be standard legal. That is supposed to finish off the story from March of the Machine. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you were uh, on the internet for any period of time in the last three weeks, you will have heard about, was it old school MTG? Some yeah, guy so. who like... Those box openings. Accidentally somehow stumbled into... March of the Machines Aftermath Packs. Yep. And then opened them on his channel. And then had the bad guys from Red Dead Redemption 2, the Pinkertons, yes. show up the at same his... people. Yes. Did you know, I learned this in this whole ordeal, there is a federal law from 1894 called the Anti-Pinkerton Act? No, really? That says the U.S. government will not contract with the Pinkertons for anything? Like, it calls them out specifically? It's the Anti-Pinkerton Act. 
Specifically, <laughs> we will not deal with his company. Wow. The same government that currently deals with Blackwater. It's like, you know what? These guys? No. No. Can't mess with them. Uh, showed up at this dude's house and were like, we believe you have something that belongs to Mark Rosewater. And he was like, what do you mean? Like <laughs> Mark Rosewater specifically. <laughs> yeah. Papa Hasbro says you have something that belongs to him. We would like it back. And so they had to give back the cards because they were, quote unquote, stolen. Mm. Now, you would think if wizards really thought this was stolen merchandise, they would perhaps involve the police, not a private security not force a known for squad. yeah, <laughs> known for busting unions and uh, <laughs> general other malfeasance for 150 years. Yeah, no, they were like, like you have stolen property. We hired mercenaries. It's like, what? <laughs> what is this? It's Any, quite, quite the leap. Quite the leap, exactly. You have some stolen magic cards. Mercenaries. Straight right. on, of course. <laughs> uh, but they... Um, um, so this guy opened, like, uh, two or three or something collector booster boxes of the set. I think it was two collector booster boxes. And um, I actually saw... The first video mm-hmm. when it was published, um, I don't think I saw the second one, and then I guess both of them have been removed since then. Yeah, um, he posted a video to... about like the Pinkertons coming to his house. Oh, okay, I didn't see that either. Um, according to the guy in his first video, he had purchased like regular March collector boosters, and was sent these. Like he didn't purchase them as aftermath boosters yeah which is like wild but at the same time though um with some of the wild print quality issues i could definitely see like the wrong label being put on a box well especially since they're releasing like three weeks apart like all of the stuff was already printed for aftermath when pre-release was happening yeah and like it says march of the machine Right. And then you're just like, yeah, here, whatever. They're, I think the boxes are similar color schemes too, right? Maybe. I know the Aftermath has like the graffiti stuff on it, but I yeah. think the color schemes are similar. So, um, like 30, I think he spoiled 36 out of the 50 cards. And there had been like two cards like released officially or something beforehand. So basically yeah. two ish weeks ago all of the basically 75 percent of the set had already been like released yeah right so uh last week wizards were like hey here's a twitter thread where we're gonna release every card on twitter all in a single day because why bother right and so uh spoiler season was like eight hours with an intern just like putting like pictures (laughs) pictures <laughs> in a twitter thread and hitting send yeah so that was fun but now we have the set it's 50 cards i think you have all the details here right because you're smart yeah uh it, there's a link to the article there if you want to peruse the article but it's a 50 card set so very small set um there's no commons so completely leaving the popper players hung out to dry there I guess, Sorry, depending Brad. on how you look at it, maybe it's a blessing. <laughs> maybe it's a blessing, yeah. 
Uh, there's 15 uncommons, 25 rares, and 10 mythic rares. These are in five-card booster packs. So when you purchase a booster pack of Aftermath, you will be receiving five Magic the Gathering cards. Only five. Only five. And they're the same price. Get this them. is a normal booster pack. Yep. But Seems good. I guess you... Uh, you get the benefit of not creating manufacturing waste with 200 copies of the same comma? I guess. I guess. I guess. Um, way, way to find the upside on that one. Yeah. It was good. It was okay. good. Try, trying to turn over a new leaf. Looking for the bright side. Looking for the bright side. Um, I would like to turn over a new leaf of... Uh, Mythic spoiler, not throwing up 85 ads when I'm trying to look at cards, but I don't know we're going to get there. So, yeah, so there are five-card boosters, and I think you said they are the same price as a regular boostie. Yep. Now, this gentleman opened collector boosters. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to – I'm just looking at some Amazon prices right now. Yep. Um, so to pre-release – to pre-order, I'm sorry, um, collector boosters for, of March of the Machine, you get 12 packs, and they put in parentheses exactly how many magic cards that is. Oh, okay. That is 72 magic cards, because there are six magic cards in a collector booster pack. Ooh. And you can pre-order these for $190 dues. That Excellent. means... On average, you're paying $2.50 per magic card. Yikes. Now, that is cheaper because you're buying in bulk, but a single collector booster is $19 for six cards, and that is a little over $3 a magic card. Wow. Um, I've not opened a lot of collector boosters, um, but I am willing to bet that if you watched the professor play the booster pack game with collector boosters, he would not pay for a lot of boosters. Yeah. Because how often do you open a pack of magic cards and get six $3 cards? Never. Never. Right. So um, this is like full-on insanity. Yeah. At $19 a pack for six cards, there's like, the cards either have to be the rares and mythics have to either be astronomically expensive mm-hmm. or you just lose your shirt every yeah, single you time can, you open a pack. Uh, we're going to talk about some cards in a minute here. I don't see anything in this set that is going to be astronomically expensive. No. Like nothing beats me over the head that this is the most powerful thing to do in one or more formats. Yeah, it just does not seem like it's going to get to that level. So this just seems like just utter insanity. Like, I thought that the collector booster packs would have, like, more cards in them. Because there isn't a regular collector booster at least, like, 15 cards or maybe a little bit more. Yeah, I think so. Right, like I wonder, I want because it's six cards, I wonder if they're counting the uh, double-sided foil token as a card. I don't know. Um, let's look at the Amazon thing. 
Uh, so it contains six Magic the Gathering cards rich with story, including four of rarity, rare or higher. Okay. Contents. Uh, no, that's just for the. the oh, box. yeah. No, it's six plus the token. Six plus the token. Okay. Yeah. But that just seems like a. Um, it, well, okay, a March of the Machines collector booster has 15 cards and is okay. $26, according to Amazon. So I guess slightly cheaper, but still, like, with a regular collector booster, you have to open a bunch of $1.50 cards mm-hmm. or $1.80 cards or something to, like, come close to breaking even. Yeah. Like, this just seems way, way, way worse. Yeah. So anyway, uh, itty-bitty boosters... Um, right after the set releases. My... Do you remember like way back when when you were just a, a wee lad playing Magic and you were opening Fallen Empires packs or Homelands packs? That's how big they were? Or the Dark packs? Mm-hmm. Um, I think they were eight card packs. And, you're, and you were got three like... basic lands. Oh. Well, no. not in... That was in... Uh... Like Alpha Beta Unlimited yeah. Revised. Um, but they were also priced accordingly. Like even even MSRP was I think two dollars for one of the small packs instead of three dollars or whatever for the normal size pack. Yeah. Yeah. Not no, the case any longer. No, 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 no. Um so when they first announced this, my thought was this was going to be basically like paper alchemy. Mm-hmm. And we may have talked about this on the show where there's a lot of other games that do like like Hearthstone and whatnot that do like a mini set release like yeah. after their main set release so that you don't run into the problem that we run into with Magic where you release a set for four million games get played in the first week. Yeah. Here's the best decks. And then you just run those into each other for 11 weeks or really like yeah. eight weeks. And then you start thinking about what you're going to build with the next set of cards and you stop playing a little bit. Yeah. Right. So it was like, oh, like this could be good. Like, you know, six, eight weeks in, you release this set. It shakes things up. People are still more engaged and interested with standard. Mm-hmm. Um, I do no clue what this serves being released two weeks after the set. Yeah, no, the timing is timing is not great for right. sure. When I said you're still waiting on your cards from TCG Player, I ordered four Italis mm-hmm. a week ago. They're still not here. Yeah. Right? Like, if I wanted to play Italy at my FNM, I don't have Italis. Right. I probably have them next week. And I'm going to be like, oh man, I got to get March of the Machines cards, uh, Aftermath cards? Like, come on. So, yep. like, this would make sense to me as a, like, a product that was released at the end of May, mm-hmm. beginning of June, as, like, a, hey, like, let's shake this up, especially since we're not going to give you another set for, yeah, um, till August. But to, like, release it two weeks later just doesn't seem great. Well, I mean, that's kind of something that I mentioned quick in the pre-show, too, is we've seen... Like judging by uh, Wizards' history, 
Um, when they find something that's remotely successful, they will, and I, I don't know if this is going to be successful or not, but they very quickly latch onto it and then run it into the ground mm-hmm. over and over and over and over again. So I would not be surprised if we got, you know, Throne of Eldraine epilogue or Wilds of Eldraine epilogue and mm-hmm. whatever the Ixalan sets called part two. Exactly. This was just what we did going forward, kind of for the reasons that you just mentioned. Um, but I definitely hope they space it out a little bit better in the future, like maybe alter the pace of releases a little bit to better accommodate for these mini sets. Yeah, it's hard when they're also like, we're talking in the pre-show, we're looking at some other cards on Mythic Spoiler, and we were like, what is CMM? It's like, oh, that's Commander. I found out it was Commander Masters. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. And then they were also at um, the Magic, they're Magic Cons now, Magic mm-hmm. Con Minneapolis, they were like, here are some Lord of the Rings cards. They're like, this set's not even out, and they're already on to the next two products. Right. So it's a little it's a little hard to keep track of. But yeah, so mm-hmm. we've got this itty-bitty set that could serve a purpose, but currently just seems to uh, perhaps uh, support Wizards' bottom line. And uh, there's only 50 cards, and we're going to talk about a few. Well, hang on. Before we okay. move on to talking about the cards, I do have one more one more tidbit that I wanted to point out, and that's that despite this only being a 50-card format, or a 50-card set, it's closer to somewhere between a 300- or 400-card set. Mm, yes. Because every single card in this set has at least six versions of it. Six. Even the uncommons. So they've got like regular treatment foil, Mm -hmm. some like full art version and Mm -hmm. a foil. And then whatever, kind of like they did for March of the Machine where cards had like the fancy borders relating to whatever plane they're from. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're doing that again here also. Okay. And then on top of that, some cards also have what appears to be like the foil etched border where it's like the dark solid color. Mm-hmm. And then that's also available in foil. And I think they said there, there was also like another foil treatment. So there might even be more than that, like a fancy foiling. Amazing. Yeah. So So for you collectors out there, even though it's a 50-card format, you got like 400 cards to collect. Good luck. Godspeed. Yeah. That's right. Um, so, yeah, it's a little awkward that they've yeah. done this way. And another thing, and we've talked about how this can be like a trap of evaluation, but like... A lot of these cards just scream like, I hope you and three other friends are playing. Mm -hmm. Right? A lot of these cards just, like, read like commander cards. Yeah. Right? Like, like, oh, we don't have a red light, uh, a red white commander that does this exact thing with equipment. Right. We better make it. So, going into the cards, I'm not sure how you want to do this. Um, 
I hadn't really planned on doing another topic, but I think we're going to try and squeeze another topic in. So I don't know if you just want to look at the card file and pick some cards out, or whether you want to go through the ones that I picked out. We can talk about a few. We can. I think your list is a good place to start. There's a few that I wanted to add, so we may okay. like skip something or talk about something else. But I did like Copper Cup Vanguard as the okay. first card. This so, one here. Yeah. Oh, look at you. Already prepared. Yeah. So this is yeah. uh, one in the white for a 2-2 human soldier. And each other human you control gets plus one, plus O, oh, and has ward one. Yeah. Um. So first, amazing design that we have soldiers in standard and this thing cares about humans. <laughs> Chef's kiss. Uh, but... Um, this kind of makes it so all your, like, your opponent has to pay, like, a Thalia tax on all their targeted remo- removal. And that's if you don't already, already have, have a Thalia, a Thalia. In play. Yeah. Right? So, like, there are a number of cards. There's another one here as well that, like, are good in the generic humans deck that's just not competitive enough. Right. And it just feels like, it's like, how would you like to build humans? Because there's, like, four different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. It can all do slightly different things, but this card just feels like it's kind of a lord. Mm-hmm. It's protection. Yep. Right? It does everything you need it to do. I think. So, he, like. Uh, oh, God. I was going to say, I think the problem with humans in Pioneer is you don't have Champion of the Parish. Yeah. Right? You don't have, like, a really good one drop that is a human. Like, yeah. whatever, recruitment, whatever guy. The, recruitment the officer. yeah recruitment officer the one mana one yeah. two or one mana two one like just not good enough yeah. in like pioneer yeah right it, it um, needs something else the one thing that i wanted to mention about this and you know we'll see we'll see how it plays out um how much time have you ever spent watching slivers um i know slivers does ridiculous things rather quickly the uh, the most powerful, important card in whatever version of Slivers you're watching is Diffusion Sliver. Mm-hmm. And this is some portion of Diffusion Sliver for humans. Crystal, so, crystalline, for, crystalline Sliver would have have something to say to you, but... Uh, same same, same basic premise. Yeah, basically, though, yeah. the thing that protects all of your idiots... Yeah, is the card that really matters, and Thalia does that job. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, you know, and then this does that. Like, if you had a curve of recruitment officer into this guy, they take three, mm-hmm. right? And then if they don't kill this guy, then you're like Thalia, or you go right. recruitment officer Thalia, and then you play this guy. They just can't kill any of your stuff, right? And then you're just like trying to clock them as quickly as humanly possible, mm-hmm. and like that seems reasonable. Yep. So it is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now we got to figure out what is what is our what are our next cards here? Oh, okay. Next up, you have filter out. Yeah. What this do we think? Is one blue blue for an instant. Return all non-creature, non-land permanents to their owner's hands. Um, like, 
somewhere around Hercules Recall and yeah, like Hercules uh, Recall wasn't an instant though, was it? It is. Is it? I thought it was a sorcery. I'm for almost some positive it is uh, an instant. We will find out. Uh, it is an instant. Okay. So, like, Lord help your opponent. Oh no! I guess like they say like it doesn't like. So it gets a bunch of artifacts and like planeswalkers. It's like Hercules Recall, but for planeswalkers. Um. It also hits enchantments. Okay. Your your opponent on their uh, sick In battles. Uh, their sick um, nine live solemnity combo. Mm-hmm. No. It also hits battles. I mean, I don't know that that's super, super relevant. relevant but, yeah. Um, and I didn't necessarily think this was good for the fact that it, you know, bounces your opponent's stuff. Like, it also bounces your stuff. Like, in kind of like a, a budget, not that paradoxical outcome is super expensive, but it, this costs a mana less. Mm-hmm. For like egg style decks, yeah, especially like if you have like mana rocks and you can generate more mana than yeah. than you're like costing with filter out, mm-hmm. right? You know, I guess Moxin. So let's yeah. say um, Mox Amber and Mox Diamond, those kind of things, yep. or like mana rocks. Yeah, I can see it. Um, and then we have Vesuvian Drifter. Yeah. What is this, this thing? This is doing? a two and a blue for a two-four shapeshifter with flying. You can look at the top card of your library at any time. At the beginning of each combat, you may reveal the top card of your library. If you reveal a creature card this way. The Suvin Drifter becomes a copy of that card until end of turn, except it has flying. Um, I'm not sure if this card is good or not, but I remember like how much fun we had brainstorming around uh, Conspicuous Snoop mm-hmm. or Conspicuous Snoop. Yeah. Um, and this card is that for every tribe. Hmm. I mean, the natural home is uh, put an Emrakul on top. Yeah, I mean you don't get the cast trigger, but yeah, annihilator six, and annihilator six. Yeah, that'll that'll do. Or yeah. if you have like a haste, a big haste creature, mm-hmm. you just play it and bonk them. Something with a monster attack trigger. Yeah, um, it's there. I think you you put in those like there's gonna be a combo with this. I think kind of like like Bogart Harbinger. Mm-hmm. Uh, and conspicuous snoop, like yeah, there's gonna be something. Yeah, I don't know what the something is, but it's, it's reasonably costed, and it becomes a copy. So, yeah. like, if you have an attractor on top, right, it becomes a seven-seven. Yep. So it just doesn't get the abilities. It's like seven-seven, like bash you, gain seven. Um, not that it's on the list, but just to call out Training Grounds, which mm-hmm. has only been printed in like the Zendikar original Zendikar block, is getting a reprint. Yeah. So I think it was kind I of. I wasn't expensive. sure that that 
Yeah, I wasn't sure that it did anything. I don't think it in, does. Like in any place that it wasn't already legal. So that's that's the only reason I left it off the list. It wasn't... I, I agree that it probably doesn't do any... Wait, 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 wait. Okay, so... Um, so it is... Uh, on the list, it is $28. From Rise of the Eldrazi, it's 23 It's okay. 12 and in March of the Machines Aftermath. Uh, and, you know, again, there are a million versions of it. There are one, two, three, four versions uh, of it. Uh, well, I mean, there's at least six of it's in Aftermath. There's yeah. at least six versions. Um, but um, do you remember the old Eldrazi Displacer... Um, Oh gosh, Drowner of Hope. Mm-hmm. With training grounds, it's infinite mana. That's true. Which you get to now do in Pioneer. Yep. Probably not good because those cards were printed before 2019. But yeah, um, a thing that could could happen. But yeah, it's more just like, hey, if you've wanted a training grounds for like a commander deck or some goofy combo that you've wanted to play but you yep. didn't want to separate yourself from $25. These should work their way down. Yeah. Um, black. Oh, no black cards. Excellent. I like where yeah, you Yeah, I, I didn't see anything from black unless there's something there that jumps out to you. Um, No, there's like basically like a functional reprint of like Soul Shatter, but other than that. Yeah. Uh, the, um, like the only one that I thought was mildly interesting was the Vampire Lord. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's interesting enough to warrant a discussion about. So yeah, well, there's also Urberg Scavengers, which is like, like knockoff um, Soul Flare. Yeah, it's not as good though, right? Probably not. But it's there. Yeah. Um. All right, red cards, and you do have the best. My most probably most interesting or second most interesting card from the set is what you picked so good job well go ahead and talk about it then so this is reckless handling one in a red for a sorcery search your library for an artifact card reveal it put it in your hand shuffle then discard a card at random if an artifact was discarded this way reckless handling deals two damage to each opponent so it is gamble for artifacts mm-hmm. um like is there a is there a specific artifact we would like to gamble for? Um, I mean, I've spent uh, too much time uh, getting Godfarer's gifts. Yep, that's a good one. Uh, or Portal to Phyrexia, which is just better Godfarer's gift. Yeah. Um, but like, a lot of times you have, right, you would have ways to discard to mm-hmm. get through your deck. But then, like you, you wouldn't have the the artifact. Right. right now, you could go like insolent neonate into reckless handling, get your, you know, whatever, right, whatever thing you needed to get, get your portal Frexia or Godfarer's gift. Yeah. And then, if you discarded it, fine, Good. you have to do something. And if you don't, now you've got it in your hand for you to like work your discard magic. Yep. And like Get rid uh, of it, try and find your reanimation spell. Yeah, exactly. So like you've like you've already given you've given yourself eight copies of the thing you want to reanimate. 
And then, like, the reanimation side, we already have eight copies of that. More more than eight copies. So, right, this just lets you find uh, whatever thing you need to find. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it can make those decks way more consistent. I don't know if they're good with all the incidental graveyard hate that we have, but it does make them more consistent. Yeah. Um, obviously, this isn't probably going to replace gamble in any place that gamble was legal but is this enough of gamble for modern like is there anything cool we can do a modern with this Mm, i don't know because like there's goblin welder not goblin motor goblin engineer yeah which goes and puts the artifact directly into your graveyard Mm -hmm. i mean it's slow though because it's over the course of like two turns right you get it, and then you get to bring it back eventually. Yeah. So, like, Goblin well, uh, Goblin Engineer kind of does both halves of what you want to do. But I think there's, like, a there's a mana cost restriction, right? Yeah, I think there is a mana. It's, like, three? three. Yeah, I think it's three mana value. Fisher uh, Library for an artifact card. Yeah, and then Sacrifice an artifact, return one with mana value three or less. But, like, Goblin Engineer kind of does the thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, your uh, oh gosh, your juggernauts deck. Oh yeah, hey, yep. juggernauts. <laughs> that's it, where the that's where its home is. is it fi- it finds you more juggernauts. Yep. Um, maybe like, like if you had enough big artifacts, and then like, you can just you don't care what you discard, and you're just like yep. trash for treasure and refurbish as like your ways to get it back and like I don't care like I'll cast this and if I discard my um big thing fine if not I'll have a way to discard it later and mm-hmm. then do the thing so maybe but like gamble's just way more flexible in it like if this cost 1 mana then we'd be like really talking yeah but well it, like I said I don't see this replacing gamble anymore no. gamble's legal but like gamble's not legal in modern so no i guess like um none of the good re- no, none of the like quote unquote good reanimation targets are artifacts in modern right like so like even if you went to go find yeah. something really big right it's not like you're going to go find um archon of cruelty you can get blight steel you can get well, no, Blight still can't go to the graveyard. Oh, that's right. You get a cityscape leveler. Cityscape leveler, Sunder uh, Sunder Dad. Yep, Sundering Titan. Um, again, whatever his name is that makes everything a juggernaut, get him mm-hmm. in there. I mean, is getting a worm coil enough? Probably not, just because like you get solituded and you get like nothing. Yeah, that's true. Uh, or a uh, Cauldra Complete. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Like, that thing's hard to deal with. I don't know, like, this kind of effect is, like, always reasonable. Like, especially if you're in a situation where, like, if it's in my hand, fine. If it's yeah. in my graveyard, also fine. I don't care where it is, as long as, like, I have it. Mm-hmm. And if you can make a deck where it doesn't matter, that it's like, 
you know, maybe if it goes to the graveyard, it's like upside. Is then... this, um, what about like in Tron? Like, is this playable in Tron? Um, I mean, it's awkward because you have a chance of like discarding your power plant or whatever, but yeah, I know. Like, I feel like just ancient stirrings is probably better. Yeah, just digging for something is better than digging for something specific. Yeah, especially, like, you know, I guess they maybe don't play Big Karn anymore. It's, like, Little Karn and, like, other random stuff. Yeah. Right? Like, the things that you really want to get aren't artifacts. They're, like, just big colorless idiots. Yeah. But, I don't know. Like, I think that you could do some fun things, and, uh... Like, I've been watching Aspiring Spike. This seems like a card Aspiring Spike will build, like, some nonsense deck around. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I think... Like, I was thinking Pioneer, like, oh, it'd be, like, this kind of solves the, like, God Pharaoh's Gifts problem. Like, yeah. you just always get to have a God Pharaoh's Gift. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. You just get one. And, like, if it goes in the graveyard, fine. And if not, hopefully your deck is set up in such a way that you can get it in your graveyard. Yeah. I mean... It- like it has the same gamble problem though, where like if you if you gamble for your God Pharaoh's gift, you run the risk of getting rid of your refurbish, or your for treasure or whatever whatever your reanimation spell is. No, no, very true, very true. Where you're just like, oh, that was that was sad. Um, yeah. yeah, but I don't know. It's sadly there's not there's not one with flashback. Our reanimation spell is yeah. get back a creature. Don't have a flashback yeah. one. I, I know. Give them, give them three months. They'll be like, here, here's a flashback <laughs> refurbish. Yeah, that's a, Re- evidently flashback is uh, deciduous. Now they can use yeah. it whenever they want. So this is re-refurbish. <laughs> um, yeah. So frame off flip card refurbish repair only cast repair from your graveyard. Oh, there we go. That's an aftermath card. An aftermath. Oh man, why did they do that? <laughs> Gosh. I don't know. Gosh. All right. So then we have uh, a green card. Yep, just the one. This is Nissa Resurgent Animist. Two and a green for a 3-3 legendary elf scout with landfall. Whenever a land ETBs under your control, add one mana of any color. So it's Lotus Cobra. Then, if this is the second time this ability has resolved this turn... Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal an elf or elemental card. Put that card into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Um, like Super Lotus Cobra? Yeah, Super Duper Lotus Cobra. Um. It's like Lotus Cobra that draws you, draws you gas. (laughs) Yes, make sure you don't run out of things to do. Yeah. Like, I want this to, like go in like my elementals deck but then it's mm-hmm. just another thing much like uh uh i got elish norn that yeah. isn't an elemental in your deck that plays risen reef and really wants you to have a bunch of elementals yeah but it does just make it so you don't run out of things to do and it gets you mana mm-hmm. also this card is like silly with um elish norn because every yes. land double triggers it, so you get two mana and a card. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> like, you, like, play your fetch land, you get two, you pass the turn, you crack your fetch, you get 
two mana and another card. Yeah. Um, it's it's just a little awkward though, right? Like, yeah, it's like it feels like it's not an elementals card as much as it is like a like a landfall card. Right. Yeah, like, I mean, I don't. Like you said, you can only have so many non-elemental cards in your elemental deck. Um, and I don't... Like, elves really, I don't think, wants this either because elves make their own mana. Yeah, elves Normally play, like, elf decks, 18 lands or something. Yeah, you're not looking at making two two land drops a turn. Um, and while, you know, like in modern and stuff, they play fetches, like, you're not... In any other format, you're not really looking to play Fabled Passage because you always want your land untapped and you really don't need your fourth land. Yeah. And like, um, Lotus Cobra is not seeing a whole lot of play anywhere. Yeah. No, it's a two, one has its own set of liabilities, but like Nissa being a turn more expensive Lotus Cobra mm-hmm. is probably not doing a whole lot for her. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's good enough. Like, Lotus Lotus Cobra is a very powerful card. Oh, yeah. Lotus Cobra is super close. It's just, like, there are some things and that this don't This is a form. way less fragile Lotus Cobra. I mean, it is. Part, of, part of the problem with Lotus Cobra is it just dies to anything. Ren and Six exists? Yeah, like, Spike Field Hazard. <laughs> yeah. So, like, this is, like... That is also a thing. Like, they reprinted Lotus Cobra, but they were like, let's put Spike Field Hazard in the format, yeah. just in case. Um... <laughs> So, you know, I think Nissa is, like, super close. And, like, if there is, like, a landfall deck that can, like, appear in, like, Pioneer where you're, like, Lotus, Cobra, Nissa, and then you're just, like, hit an extra, like, hit a land drop and just mm-hmm. kind of go crazy. Uh, well, seems- if you, so if you Lotus, Cobra on two and then this on three... Do you have enough on turn four for the guy that doubles all your landfall triggers? Who's that? I don't know. Isn't there some big green nerd that doubles all landfall abilities? Maybe. I mean, you definitely have enough for uh, for mom. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's you, true. That you works could, too. You could just go like Lotus Cobra. This play your play your land. You would have six mana. Yeah. Then, like, if it's a Fabled Passage, play Bomb, crack it, and then mm-hmm. make a ton of mana, you'd make, you'd have five mana again. Yeah. Now, it's only if this is the second time. So, right, like, so you, you don't get anything. Well, you still get a mana for your You still get a mana. Yeah. But you don't, like, it's not like you could draw, like, six creatures that turn or something and just, like, refill your hand. Right. It's, it's close. Mm-hmm. So it's I'm also sure. companyable. It is, which is a big deal. Yeah. Um, and then there's oh whatever a shy that turns all your creatures into lands. Oh yeah. Right, That's and then fun. you then you have two lotus cobras because that was like one of the early builds of elementals I had is like you try to like Genesis ultimatum into that guy and some lotus cobras, and then if you have like multiple nisses and you do that. Yeah. Right, you're like, oh, I have like two Lotus Cobras and Anissa and like three lands. Oh, okay. Or two yep. lands or whatever. Storm the festival and flash it back. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you just get to do everything. Yeah. Okay. 
So those are our monocolored cards. We have a couple multicolored cards. Yeah, the first one is Calyx Guided by Fate. Uh, one green-white for a 2-2 legendary enchantment creature human druid. A very long type line. Mm -hmm. It has Constellation. Whenever Calyx Guided by Fate or another enchantment enters the battlefield under your control, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. So it doesn't have to be on Calyx. And then whenever Calyx or an enchanted creature you control deals combat damage to a player... You may create a token that's a copy of a non-legendary enchantment you control. Once per turn. Okay. Um, I mean, what, Satessian Champion? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that drew a card and got bigger, right? It drew a card and, yeah. Well, it, I mean, this kind of draws a card. Um, well, it's Constellation ability, does it? Like, Satessian... Well, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it is a card that, like, you would look at in, like, maybe as, like, a two-of and, like, green-white hexproof aura stuff. Mm -hmm. Right, like, if you just wanted, like, an extra thing. Because, like, they were playing the the green guy that puts a counter on something whenever you cast an enchantment. The like, one-drop, yeah. The one-drop. Like, it being a one-drop I know is important, but, like, this is just more than that mm -hmm. right like it's just better than that where if you could like play calyx or like you play like your your like say slippery boggle but glade cover scout yeah enchant it and then you play like calyx and they're like well i can't block it and now like they just get to keep making copies of ethereal armor yeah gets out of hand quick yeah it's like well i guess i have to i have to like chump block with my creature yeah because uh, if I don't, like, I just, like, lose. Yeah. And, and if I do, I'm just going to lose as well, so I'm just kind of stuck. Um, Is there any way that we, like, lean into the plus one, plus one counter theme on this instead of the enchantment theme? Because we have the, uh, we have the two guys from March, right? The one that puts an extra counter on stuff and the one that gets a counter if it sees something else gets a counter the botanical brawler is the gets a counter when something gets a counter and then kami of yeah something um the old ways yeah maybe tell me the old ways um maybe. um maybe but like it also wants you to play enchantments right because you don't get the plus one plus one counter unless an enchantment yeah. enters the battlefield so you're at this weird like crossroads of you need to play enchantments that like that give counters or get counters so that like, you can get it on like both sides. So that like the counter yeah. synergies matter when you don't have him. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we have that. Yeah. I don't know. I'd have to look at the card pool, yeah. which we have way more time to do now. Way more time. Um, next up we have, is it Jin, Jin, Jarina, Jarina, Hooked on Fox yeah. and get to West Virginia. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jarena Dauntless General. It's black white for a 2 2 human soldier. It's legendary. And when it enters the battlefield, exile target player's graveyard. Incidental graveyard hate. Incidental graveyard hate, yeah. And then sacrifice. Jarena. Uh, Jarena, thank you. Uh, humans you control gain hexproof and indestructible until end of turn. Yeah, 
So this gives it's a selfless spirit for humans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I don't know how relevant that is, but I would imagine it's at least a one of if you're playing some oh, sort of absolutely. human strategy. Um, it's also a soldier. It is a soldier. So now we're in Esper soldiers in standard. Maybe we're gonna get there, but like, um, you know, if you somehow played like Abzan humans, right? You mm-hmm. have all uh, what's his name, General Kudro. Yep. Um, King, Not whatever. General's enforcer. Well, General's enforcer. Uh, yep. But I think this is better than General's enforcer. Mm-hmm. Um. And then King whoever with a bunch of letters after his name. <laughs> yeah. But the number, the giant, like the 57th or yeah. whatever. Um, right. As like lords. And then you're just like, well, I'm like, I have all these lords. I have like graveyard hate. I have um, uh, this selfless spirit so I can go wide. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it probably like helps that deck out. But, you know. Uh, again, I hate to, I hate to quote Boo Hoogland, but his uh, he said my favorite flavor text on current Magic cards is indestructible. Yeah, right. Like your opponent gets the five mana and they cast Sunfall. Right, and you're just like they all have indestructible. Oh. <laughs> or like you get them to one and they're like they farewell you and you're like, well, I guess that didn't yep. matter. <laughs> Um, yeah. But I think it's good as, like, you know, your opponent is filling their graveyard, you know, mm-hmm. and, like, you just hit this and you, like, you know, reset their thing. They, like, Stitcher Supplier or they, like, Vessel of Nascency. And then you just play, like, they're digging for their, desperately digging for their Grease Fang and you just exile yeah. all the vehicles in their graveyard. Yep. So, like, that seems really good. Uh, it's... Uh, uh, really bad for you uh, cast your whatever reckless handling or whatever and then he, <laughs> yeah, you is. discard your thing and they're just like oh I guess I'll just like boop and exile that and you're like oh why a, the plate of Brian yes yes last few years yeah it's like oh we're just gonna set graveyard hate on like cards that are randomly playable because like even without the graveyard hate on this this is a randomly play- like selfless spirit is a like fine playable Right. And again, like if you combine, you know, Thalia with this and the uh, our copper coat, whatever guy. Right. Like mm-hmm. now you've made it so they can't cast their sunfall on right. five. And maybe that extra turn is what you needed to get them dead. Mm-hmm. Right? They could cast Supreme Verdict, but then you could sack this and um save your stuff and you can get them dead before sunfall matters. Yep. But it is, it is awkward that it's like indestructible. It's like, yeah, all the, all the removal spells now exile. So thanks. Just doesn't matter. Just doesn't matter. All right. The, uh, the next one here isn't necessarily for gameplay value. Okay. We have a Sarkon soul of flame. He is one blue red for a two, four legendary human shaman. It makes dragon spells you cast cost one less to cast. And whenever a dragon enters a battlefield under your control, you may have Sarkon Soul of Flame become a copy of it until end of turn, except its name is Sarkon Soul of Flame, and it's legendary in addition to its other types. 
Um, this is probably a fine card to play alongside, I don't know, any number of dragons. Um, what I think is kind of cool here, though, is anytime we've ever seen Sarkon, he was always, like, lost and angry and sad. In this artwork, he's so happy just to, like, be hanging out with his dragon buddies. He's like, yes, these are my boys. Yeah, I mean, look at him. Like, I'm not, I'm not get, I'm not currently insane. Yeah. I'm not Sarkon the mad, I'm Sarkon the happy. Yeah, look at him. His soul's aflame. He's a light like, with love for dragons. He's just like, I love these guys. Yeah. He's like, I love you, Ojitai. I love you too, bro. Yeah. He's blue. You're my boy, blue. <laughs> You're my boy, blue. <laughs> there you go. All right. And then we have That's all. one more. We got um, two more. Two more? Oh, man. Yeah. First up, we have Tyvar the Bellicose. Uh, two black red for a 5-4. Black green. Tyvar's been... I'm sorry, Black Green, yeah. Tyvar has been working out. He's a 5-4 now. Yeah. Uh, whenever one or more elves you control attack, they gain Death Touch till end of turn. And each creature you control has, whenever a mana ability of this creature resolves, put a number of plus one, plus one counters on it equal to the amount of mana this creature produced. This only triggers once per turn. Okay. Um, that can make some things awful big. It can. Um, Is like, it also like above rate for a 5-4, right? 4 mana for a 5-4? I was going to say, I always feel like this is like kind of the going rate for black-green 4-drops now. Like, there was a... I guess it was one like black-black-green. There was like a 5-4 that when it dealt damage to you, like you drew cards or something from like guilds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um... But, like, it's a good rate. It's a card that needs to come down early. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, in Modern or, you know, Pioneer or whatever, you're like, Lano or, or Elf play a thing. Then you need to, like, play Tyvar on, you know, turn three so that every time you tap your Lano or Elf, it gets big. Or you, like, tap your Heritage Druid once and mm-hmm. put, like, and six counters on it. Yeah. Well, same thing with, like, Archdruid. I mean, your Archdruid just gets immense. Yeah. Yeah, I was, th- I was. I guess I was thinking. I said Heritage Druid, but I meant to say Archdruid. But, yeah, same basic well, thing. Well, I mean, right? Heritage Druid also. Yeah, Heritage Druid gets three. But, like, if you like if you draw this late, then you're in a situation yeah. where, like, you've got to take a turn off. Right. Effectively. You're never going to do that. Yeah. I guess, though, with, like, Heritage Druid, you don't. You can, like, attack and then tap three other elves. That's true. So, like, you can, like, give those counters kind of haste mm-hmm. if you have some way to use the mana in combat. Yeah. So, sadly, he's too big to get companied into. Yeah. Um. This also works with not elves. Mm-hmm. So, like, when your Omnath makes four mana? Is that a mana ability, though? That's a a triggered ability. Right? Hmm. Because I think his is a triggered ability. Yeah, maybe you're right. I'm... I'm a I'm a level point five judge who's like out of (laughs) practice, so I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I think that might be maybe you're right a little different. 
But like working with elves is the easiest thing. But like Omen Hawker. Yep. Right? Like you could like tap your Omen Hawker and it would gain two counters. Yeah. I know. Um Oh, did you got one more thought? No, no, no. I have no thoughts. Okay. So what about with this guy? Well, I guess this doesn't work with him. No. But uh, this is Karn Legacy Reforged. Uh, five mana for a star star legendary artifact creature golem. When, or Karn Legacy Reforged power and toughness are each equal to the greatest mana value among artifacts you control. And at the beginning of your upkeep, you add Wingding for each artifact you control. This mana can't be spent to cast non-artifact spells until end of turn. You don't lose this mana as steps and phases end. Um, so I guess, yeah, this doesn't work with Tyvar, but no. like he can make a whole bunch of mana, though, right? It's a, I mean, baseline, it's a 5-mana five 5-5. Five, five mm-hmm. That, like, can make you a reasonable amount of mana. Now, I guess we, like, I guess the go-to is just, like, Cityscape Leveler. Yeah. Or a Portal to Phyrexia. Mm-hmm. Where you have a couple artifacts. Like, you really only need, like, three artifacts to be able to, like, Portal Phyrexia pretty easily. And then this guy becomes a 9-9. Yeah. Um, so, maybe, I guess, like, you, you, um... Reckless handling for like your Karn, and then like you're like okay, let's see what we let's see if we can resolve this. Portal, <laughs> yeah, just cast your portal. There we go. I don't want to discard this. Let's uh, let's do this. Yeah, limiting it to only um, artifacts is safer because like this would just be like nonsense. Well, it's, it it doesn't limit it to only artifacts. It limits to. Uh, anything but non-artifact spells. So you can still use it for abilities. This mana can't be spent to kiss. Okay. So again, we can we can launder it through other means, right? To make it let us cast stuff that we want. Um. Hmm. You see, like this lets you untap basalt monolith. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know. It seems narrow, and like it has yeah, it, it has the modern problem of like it doesn't do anything when it comes into play. That's true, right? And then like you've got to like cross your fingers and wait because there's like in a, a five mana Atali, like it's Plarg and something that you have to wait till your next upkeep. And then it just yeah. like eats a gopher of the throat. Well, th- I guess this doesn't. Or um, eats like an invoked despair. And you're just like, oh, that's mm-hmm. girl. I didn't get to do my thing. Yeah. Um, so that's a little awkward. But like, I don't know. Um, a deck that has like this guy and um, the might stone and the weak stone. As, like, mm-hmm. removal slash card draw. Like, you can generate a ton of mana. Yeah, I mean, this guy... Karn doesn't care what your artifacts are. They could be 100 food tokens. Like, I was just thinking, like, imagine this in Commander. If you, like, uh, played this and then you played, like, a Dockside. 
and you just, just all of the mana. Yeah, you make like 40 treasure. You make 10, 15 treasures, and then you're like, well, yeah. on my upkeep, I will make however many treasures I have plus one for my car and manas. Right. And I will figure out some way for you to die with my 30 yeah. mana this turn. Yeah. So I, I guess it's good that it's not like, you know, on your combat step or whatever, get mm-hmm. this mana. Uh, but yeah, it seems narrow. I it's not like it's not nearly as exciting as a colorless command as a colorless commander as uh, the guy from the Commander Masters Cascade Cascade. <laughs> oh right, yeah. Brian likes some free spells. Oh, do I ever? I don't want to pay mana for stuff. Um, yeah. So if you hadn't figured this out, dear listener, the joke for this set is a bunch of the planeswalkers lost their spark. And yep, so they don't know where it went. They're, they're currently backpacking across their plane to um, find themselves and perhaps find their spark. Well, I think some of them are stuck on like random planes too, right? Like I'm pretty sure Nissa's on what used to be New Phyrexia. Oh, well, I'm just saying they're just. I don't think she's on Zendikar. No, they're just on whatever plane they're on. That's just like a you know, like a kid who went to Europe to backpack across Europe to find themselves. (laughs) They're just somewhere, just just looking to find themselves and see what really like sparks joy, like Marie Kondo style. Oh, I see what you did. Yeah, yeah. Look at me. Looking to spark their joy. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Um, so there's one other thing that literally happened yesterday so we're recording mm-hmm. monday so sunday during the pro tour there was an announcement that they're changing standard rotation yeah and so i don't have anything prepared for this so. okay neither, neither do i i have thoughts and that's that's what these okay. that's what the people come for they come for thoughts that's right um so you may remember six months ago i think the tweet's here somewhere um, Aaron Forsyth was like, why does no one love standard anymore? So this was November 8th. So yeah, like six, seven months ago. Basically, why does no one play standard anymore? Right. And, uh, we're trying to figure out how to fix this. Yep. And so step one of a multi-step plan that they've not yet developed. You gotta love right. that. Uh, is we're going to change rotation from two years to three years. And my first thought was, okay, they couldn't possibly be doing this now. It'll be with the next set of cards because we can't live through another year of Fable of the Mirror Breaker and Invoke Despair. <laughs> and they're like, no, no, no. Have another year of Fable of the Mirror Breaker and Invoke Despair. Yay. Yeah. So they, wanna, so they have a couple goals that they highlighted. Goal one is... Hey, we realize that magic is expensive and that we keep jacking up the prices on these things and giving you five card packs for the price of 15 card packs. And, <laughs> uh, and you know, inflation, yada, yada, $7 eggs. Um, yep. And so you don't want to be constantly having to buy new cards. So we are going to extend the lifespan of cards in um standard yeah right so i don't think that that is the actual problem like 
That doesn't address why people aren't playing standard. Well, it also doesn't address the problem. Like, it, it doesn't solve the problem that they say it's supposed to solve. If they're increasing the rotation time of cards, that doesn't mean you can still play those cards for that whole time. It just means that they're legal in the format the whole time. Yes. It doesn't mean that they're playable the whole time. Like, I mean, there's decks that existed prior to the current standard that are still legal that don't see play because they've been invalidated. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, we, gosh, right when the podcast started, we were talking about the, uh, oh gosh, standard, like pre-con decks, whatever they were called. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, well, I was like, Niv-Mizzet is super powerful. I can't imagine us like not being able to play Niv-Mizzet for the next year and like no one ever cast a niv-mizzet ever again in that standard it was like i said it and everyone was just like set these on fire gonna make him look (laughs) as dumb as possible um so yeah like um of course you uh you know the whole format might be invoke despair dot deck but if they print some ridiculous blue red four mana thing that's like deal eight damage draw three cards yeah right then invoke despair doesn't get to be played anymore right right if magnum opus cost five right you would play that and not play invoke right right so and the way we design cards that could happen so it doesn't necessarily mean that all the cards that you that you have in standard that are legal will be competitive Right, because there is a line, right? There are some people that just want to have a deck to play, and then there's like you and I that don't want to like go and just like be clown shoes, oh three, like right. terrible, unfun time. Um, but like if you're just like, hey, I need, like, I want to have my cards be legal. But mm-hmm. the flip side of that is one of the things they've been trying to solve with alchemy, and perhaps with March of the Machines aftermath is the format gets solved you know, in a week or two. Right. Right? And so, as we know what cards are powerful, right, like, I don't think it's going to change the format being solved quickly. Right. Right? Like, I don't know what cards you have to print at three mana to make people go, like, eh, I'm not going to play Fable. Right? What two mana artifact you have to print to be like, I don't want to bank bust anymore. Yeah. Oh, I want to reanimate stuff. Oh, I guess I won't reanimate Atraxa. Right. Right. So, like, there is some of that where, like, if you know what the powerful cards are, like, they're still just going to get keep getting played. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know if this solves that problem. Right? Of, like, you know people not like enjoying the format but if people if they got a bunch of feedback that was like i don't want to spend money on your stupid card game anymore yeah right or i'm spending too much money on your stupid card game and they're like okay how can we make it so people spend less money on our stupid card game (laughs) and then like three hasbro execs threw up and then they then they started going from there they're like no no if we can trick them into playing standard they'll spend more money that's what happened Dude, don't take my beans, bro. 
dude, my beans, bro, don't take them. He just like punched someone, punched Aaron Forsyth right in the throat. Um, Go for the throat. <laughs> You're not an artifact, Aaron. <laughs> uh, all right, so um, this next one. Hey, if we stretch standard out, it will allow for uh, mechanics and archetypes to be more effectively built on over time. So, um, this is kind of, yeah, we thought toxic was going to be really good. It's not. So, if toxic is in standard long enough, that will allow us to throw more toxic cards or cards that help toxic as a a set or as a mechanic to like not suck and we've all we all remember seeing a deck and being like like wow i really wish that worked in standard yeah right um I mean, it happens all the time the, you joked at the top of the show that we're becoming the casual set review podcast mm-hmm. um but every time we talk about a set we talk about cards that we think are cool or interesting that mm-hmm. just aren't good enough. We talked yeah. about multiple this episode. Yes. So they're hoping that if they have more time with these cards that they can be like, oh, Toxic didn't get there. But we now have an extra year to try to design some cards that will support Toxic so it gets there. They're also, I don't know if this was by design or just a happy coincidence but i think like we're working from both ends now like i think wizards has gotten their production cycle down Mm -hmm. small enough and now extending the rotation cycle where they can now design cards to work with cards that are still in standard and have them be standard legal at the same time yes this is something that patrick uh, sullivan brought up Oh, okay. Right. It was that, like, now they can actually design cards around the cards that people are actually playing as opposed to around the cards they thought would get played. Okay. Um, Which is valid. Uh, I think part of the... um, uh, Part of the issue is, right, every set has a number of cards that are, like, just power outliers. Mm-hmm. Right, Atraxa, Fable yep. of the Mirror Breaker, uh, yep. Shieldred, right? And so if you want that to be... Um, if you want to compete with those cards, you have to print other random cards that are at that power level. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, like do you run the risk of breaking this format or other formats? I think the example I used in the pre-show is like, um, we were talking about the Pro Tour, and half the Pro Tour top eight was red-black. Yep. Was Rakdos something. And then there was like one like Soldier's deck. Mm-hmm. Right? If you wanted to make it so like the Soldier's decks were, you know maybe two in the top eight and like a handful like in the top 20 just on the outside looking in like yeah what three mana white human soldier do you have to print 
to push the rest of that deck into the same stratosphere as Shieldred, Fable, and those cards. And it's like, okay, like you can imagine a card, right? Whatever you imagine that card is, does it break Pioneer? Does it break Modern? Modern Legacy. Yeah, like you get this point where like if you have these decks that are super powerful that you're trying to like kind of tamp down. Yeah. You can either tamp them down by banning things or by like increasing the power level of everything else. And you run the risk of like breaking stuff more if you're like, oh, we need to turn this up a little bit more. Yeah. Because we can't get, we can't get, I mean, this archetype where we want it. Go ahead. Sorry. Like the other thing might be what we spent the whole rest of the show talking about. I mean, how long, if it takes 18 months to get a regular set designed, tested, redesigned artwork, set file, printed, distributed, because I think that's what the current time frame is, is 18 months. Mm-hmm. Um, how much less time does it take to do that to a 50-card set? I mean, maybe like a third of the time. So, I mean, you could real like maybe it wouldn't have to be one card that's ratcheted way up, but you could seed multiple cards mm-hmm. through these, you know, little 50 card sets that kind of do the same thing. Yeah. Um, the 50 card sets might even be faster because how much of modern design is around limited? Right. Well, ex- that's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah, you just don't, like, limited's not a thing you have to worry about. You just have to slap power yeah, and toughness to and, like, paragraphs on cards, yeah. and then you just have to test standard. Right. And be like, is this card too good, or is it good enough to make the impact we want to make? So, yeah, yeah, you don't I mean, have to worry about wrecking a limited format. You don't have to worry. Yeah. Um, And then the other, th- the other thing they're saying is it would give us stronger tools to create an environment where decks are more colors and mechanic, uh, like green, white, toxic, or blue, white soldiers, and less mid-range. So with a large card pool, the format can handle bigger swings with entire decks seated at once. So um, as opposed to like... So I would think what they're classifying as mid-range is... uh, Something I complained about when I came back to Magic, like with like the Abzan stuff, was yeah. like it just seems like cards aren't cohesive. Dark decks aren't cohesive. They are yeah. what is the best thing in my color at one mana? What is right. the best thing in my colors at two mana? What is my best co- thing in my colors at three, four, five? Right? And yep. not so much like, oh, hey, like, this card at two and this card at four, they interact with each other really well. It's like, no, this is the most power and toughness and the best ability I can get at two mana. That's Blood Tithe yeah. Harvester. Simic Mythic or whatever. Yeah. And then at four mana, I'm playing Shieldred that yeah. has no no synergy really with Blood Tithe Harvester other than it is the most power and toughness and um, ability I can get on a card for four mana yeah. that is in these colors as opposed to like oh hey all of these pieces fit together and yeah. they do this really neat thing now that they all fit together 
Um, I just thought of something. When was the last time we had a deck all kind of seated all at once and it was a bunch of the same mechanic just working together seamlessly? Um, food? Energy? Energy. Eldrazi? (laughs) But like energy, right? Like energy was just like hey, all of these things work together. You shouldn't play anything unless it says energy on it. Well, I mean, the same thing could be said for the Simic Food decks or the Eldrazi decks. I was going to say Adventures, right? Like, Teamer Adventures was another one. That's probably better. Like, if it needs to care about adventures or go on an adventure. Yep. And, right, like, they've had a tendency to miss with those. And, like, I don't think they can ever eliminate the, like, mid-range deck, right? Because, right. like, they print so many cards now that are just bonkers in power level. Wall of text. Yeah, it's like, well, this paragraph's better than this paragraph, so I'm going to play the better paragraph. Yeah. It's like, but this paragraph's a soldier. I, I don't care. <laughs> this paragraph says draw two cards and, like, kill a creature. Yeah. And your paragraph says draw a card, bounce a creature. I'd rather draw two cards and kill it. Okay. So, like, I don't know if they can do that, but it is, like, I guess those two, the last two are a little scary because they don't have a good track record of doing this. Right. Right, they have, historically, they have missed when they've done this. Or, like, they've not realized they've done it. Mm-hmm. Right, because the adventure stuff was they wanted to have, like, a fun but powerful adventures deck to right. make to work in the limited environment. And they forgot that people could just buy four of each of the uncommons <laughs> and like yeah. build a deck. Or like, oh, isn't like uh Witches Oven and Cauldron Familiar, isn't that a cute little interaction? Yeah. And it's like, oh, like now we have a standard format that you can't block. Or you can't attack on the ground. You just can't do it. It's like, oh, oops. So I worry that they can, like, miss with these. Or do you remember, like, Innistrad? Like, the zombie deck where it was just, like, it just felt like Wizards was, like, here's a pre-constructed zombie deck. Yeah. Just play all the cards just that say take zombie. all the cards that say zombie, yeah. And it's it, it will be good. Like, there's, I guess some of it is gone uh, with, like, the way modern magic is played. But there used to be like an element of like discovery Mm -hmm. where you were like, Oh, this card and this card interact really well together. But when they just like seed an entire deck, it just kind of feels like they were like, did you, did you read all the cards that we put soldier on? Yeah. Did you read all the cards that said toxic? Did you put them in a deck? Okay. Yeah. You, you've got a, you've got, good job. Yeah. You got, you're two wedding every F and M. Yeah. Now, like, can you get to three one? Are you can your play skill get you to three one or three zero? But we we got you to two one, with, yeah. with like, you took all the cards that said toxic, and were uncommon or rare and put them together. So, I think the bigger issue, right? That standard standard has two issues, right? First is 
why on earth would you play standard and paper? I don't know. You haven't played standard and paper forever. I haven't played standard and paper forever. I can count on like one hand the number of times I've been like, I want to play a standard deck. Yeah. And like played a standard deck. Very few, right? Um, right. There's no GPs anymore. The, uh, the qualification system for the PT is like a convoluted mess that is maybe a little bit better, but not enticing enough to make me want to like do it. Mm-hmm. Um, the professor tweeted out that part of the problem is like we don't have GPs and we don't have coverage. Cause like yeah. what was a really big driver for like you to like play standard was to go to a GP and maybe you would get a feature match. Mm-hmm. Right? I got a feature match once. They weren't doing coverage. Someone <laughs> asked me my name and never came back to see who won or took my picture. Well, right? you were also a backup feature match that never got featured, right? Uh, maybe. I'm pretty sure you were a backup match one time that never never got camera either. Uh, the uh, Pro Tour Oko, that GP, yeah. I got picked to be a feature. Well, you got picked for um, the one that we played God Pharaoh's Gift also. Oh, okay. Um, but, like, you just, like, so you don't have, oh, gosh. Like, you don't have that same motivation, right? So... Like, why am I going to go play paper cards and play at my FNM? Right. When, when like, all the incentives, the, like, maybe I'll get good enough and I'll go to a GP and I'll get a feature match. Right? Because, like, you know, there's... I think there are levels of Magic players, right? They're the people that, like, think they should go to the tournament and win. Mm-hmm. They're the people that think they should go to the tournament in top eight. They're the mm-hmm. people that think they should go to the tournament and day two. And then there are the people that are like, maybe I'll play well enough that I can get a feature match. Like, that would be, like, the pinnacle of their weekend. Yeah. Right? Or play against somebody famous. or Yeah. Right? Um, And I think you and I are probably in the, I should probably be able to day two this. Like, or, yeah. like, I, I should, like, hopefully be live to day two, like, in round six or whatever. Like. Right. Kind of deal. But also, like would still like a feature match. Like, please come grab me. Absolutely. And like, they're like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. So like those people that like, all they really wanted was to like, be able to like text their friends and go like, Oh my God, turn on Twitch. I'm going to be, I'm going to be on like, you bet you, you, we better be able to find the VOD. I got to like save this thing. Right. (laughs) Like those people just like, yeah, no, we don't, we don't do that anymore. And it's like, Oh, like they lose that thing. So we've lost that. And also, like, we've talked about this before as well. If you want to play standard, you don't have to put on your pants. Right. You can just stay home and play hundreds of games of standard. On arena. On arena while, like, watching a movie on another screen and, like, eating your own food. Yep. Right? As opposed to like having to put on pants and then like only get three matches in across like two and a half or three hours and have to pay like $3 for a bottle of of Coke, right? You're like, no, I can just stay home, play way more games, 
and not have to deal with any of this stuff. So like they're competing, they're competing with themselves, basically. Right. Well, I mean, they're doing more than that though, because not only, not only have they built a system where they have to compete with themselves and with everything else on the planet for your free time, but like they've taken away all of the reasons to play standard. Like you said, there's no no incentive to get good at standard anymore. And what standard used to be was like the way to get new players into the game. That mm-hmm. was where you started before you found whatever format was your home. And I mean, standard might be your home. I played standard for, I was the standard guy forever. Mm-hmm. Whenever we went to an event, I was the standard guy. Um, but they've also taken like that away from standard. Like they, you don't teach people how to play magic anymore with standard. Now you teach people how to play magic with commander. Mm-hmm. So like, what is, at, at least when you showed up to, you know, way, way back in the day when we ran multiple, like multiple formats a night at the game store, mm-hmm. there was a very specific crowd of people that played modern and that played draft and that played standard. And they were, you know, there was some overlap, but they were roughly arranged by skill level. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of a lot of the newer players played standard. And in standard, there was also. You know, based on your record, it was subdivided by players. Like, I knew when I first started going to the game store that I would probably be playing my matches against the same five or six people every week until I got better. And then I moved up and I would play my matches against the same dozen or so people until I got better. And then I would start top eighting. And, like, yeah, there, there was a progression there where you weren't just getting raffle stomped every time you showed up to Magic because... You know, you lose the first round and you get put in the bracket with all the people that lose the first round. Um, Like that sort of thing doesn't really exist anymore because there might only be eight people playing standard. And those eight people have a reason to play standard. It's not because they're learning the game. It's because, you know, whatever reason they have for playing standard, they're going to a GPT or they're going to a PT or whatever it is, or PTQ. Yeah. Um, like there's a re people don't play standard for fun anymore, I guess is what I'm saying. And because of that, like there's not an incentive for a new player to play standard and just get stomped by somebody that's prepping for an event. Yeah. Like, and like you said, like the, the majority of people play commander and they bring the players in that way. And, you know, like you can't even like tell someone the story of like, well, if you get good at standard, then, like, you know, in six months, there is a GP in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And it's a three-hour drive. We're going to go up and play the main event. We'll go up a day early. We'll do side events, blah, 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 blah. So, like, we should start playing standard now so that we can, like, learn the format. Yeah. And, yes, there'll be, like, a set release, like, a month before, but, like, you'll have that, like, foundation of, like, what cards are good and what interactions right. are good so that it'll make learning the new format in that last month way easier. And it's like, you know, hey, once a quarter, there's going to be a Magic Con somewhere on Earth. <laughs> and... Yeah. Uh, Let's see, it was in Philadelphia, which is an eight-hour drive, and 
Minnesota, which is not drivable, right? For for us and vast swaths of the world, um, so like, why are we gonna bother to like do standard if right. like there's not that big thing at the end, right? Like, I don't think they really considered the fact that everything that they had done for years incentivized standard and like F and M play. Yeah. Right. And then they just were like, we're not going to incentivize it anymore. And now they're like, Oh my God, no one is doing this anymore. I wonder <laughs> why it's like, I wonder why it's like, hello, you told people don't do this. Right. Right. There is no reason for you to do this. Stay home and play arena. And then they all stayed home and played Arena. And then you were like, why aren't you playing in the store anymore? I don't understand. It's like, you did this to yourself. <laughs> yeah. Like, you told people to do something and they listened. Shocking, I know. But this is why they're not doing it. So yeah. then you're just in this situation where, like, they're trying to fix the wrong thing. Right? Like... If you said that once a month there would be a GP and there would be two each set that were standard and then one each set that would be modern or pioneer. Yep. Right? And you just had that set up and you did 12 events a year. Right? You would have way more people playing standard. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, what is the most important format for a Magic player if you want to, like, climb this ladder that we have developed? Yeah, to be yeah. competitive, right? Or to, like, even dream about being competitive. Or yeah. they're, like, or to be, like, the person that there are two people in your store that are competitive that are going to this event. And you might not be super competitive, but, like, you want to play in that event with them. Yeah. Well, then you, you learn standard, right? But if, like, everything you're doing is, hey, here's the 85th Commander product of the year. And, <laughs> yeah, this is a Magic Con because we want to make it friendly. And, like, uh, there's, like, 12 tables for competitive, like, side events. And then here are, like, 45 tables for Commander play. Yeah. Um, well, then you're, like, telling people play Commander. Right. And people respond to incentives. And a lot of the player bases responded to the incentives. Again, like how mm -hmm. many tweets have we seen uh, about like Brad Nelson being like, oh, what should my commander be? Right. Right. Hi, I'm Reed Duke. And here's my like top 10 commander deck building tips <laughs> yeah it's like no you play modern and standard yeah. read like no you don't play commander it's like i, I do now yeah I, I gotta eat yeah and i mean brad's whole thing was he was the king of standard for like 10 years yeah and now he's like uh what commander best uh represents me 
Ayula, queen of bears, move on. Because <laughs> um, you're a bear. <laughs> you're a bear. Uh, or Wilson. Yeah, Wilson. Wilson the bear. Um, bear tribal. Yeah. Um, but uh, you you can't be surprised. And like leaving the cards in standard longer isn't going to fix those incentives. Right. Leaving. Well, I mean, to be fair, they said this is the first step of a plan. And I took that to mean that they're going to make changes to incentivize standard in the store, not just change the way the format works. Hopefully. I, I am always skeptical of any plan yeah. that has implement step one. And then says, while later steps are still in the planning stages, we felt it was important to share this change as early as possible once our plans around rotation were locked into place. So, like... First step of revitalizing organized play. Dismantle organized play. Second step, figure out the rest. (laughs) Yeah. Second step, (laughs) revitalize. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So... I hope you're right that they do realize that they've just like blown up the entire incentive structure. Yeah. But I don't know, like it feels like you would again, not corporate. I, I'm not around corporate speak a lot, but academic mm-hmm. speaking, corporate speak are very similar. Uh, yeah. Like the fact they didn't come out and say like, Hey, We've recognized the problem is we need to do more to incentivize standard play, right? And we're going to work on doing that and, like, try to make standard an important part of 60 card, parenthesis 80 card, uh, Yorion, uh, magic formats, Mm -hmm. right? But, like, no, we have some later steps. We have some steps. And it's like, well, what do you guys think the problem is? Yeah. And, like, you know, because were they saying, like, oh, hey, we're, like, what was their thing about Arena and Standard? Um, more and more players enjoy Pioneer and Modern. Standard sees more play on Match of Gathering Arena every day than individual, uh, every day than individual games in any other format. Sees more play on, uh, I thought, I thought, I thought, uh, Alchemy was killing it, but whatever. Um, So, okay. So, like, you answered your question. Well, I play all my standard games on Arena. Yeah. I would like to do something else. I guess on one hand, they can say we're a victim of our own success. We made made Arena too good. (laughs) So, we'll see where this goes. I hope they, like, take more. They're in a weird spot, right? They don't want to ban stuff in standard. Right. But, like, I don't know. I mean, that's counter to what they're trying to do. Yeah, but, like, I don't know how you, like, look at Fable and Shieldred and go, like, this is good. Yeah. Or, um, because I think we talked about in the pre-show, like, the Pioneer Red Black deck is just the standard deck. Yeah. With like with Bone Crusher Giant. 
Like Bone Crusher Giant and Blood Crips. That's it. Yeah. And like that's not a good place to be. Right. And then um like Fable of the Mirror Breaker is a four of in many legacy decks. Mm-hmm. So like you've got to like that card is very powerful and it's gonna keep getting played. Yeah. And so you like can dress up the stuff around the edges, but you get the same play patterns in the end. Yep. And like, are people going to want to have those similar play patterns for multiple years? So, all right. We got anything else? No, I think that'll do it. That's all enough. Right. With That's all enough. that, I think we got a show. We got a show. So if you would like to, I don't know, float some ideas about how we can fix standard, uh, Again, I'm sure Mara listens. Uh, we'll, we'll pass those on to him. Uh, yeah, that's a great idea. Let us know what you guys think yeah. of standard. Yeah, what do you guys think? Are you guys playing it? Like, is it something that, like, happens at your, like, local LGS? Or is it something that has, like, died? And what can be done to fix it? Yeah, what I, would make uh, you play standard? Yeah, I don't... That's a hard question. I might have to get back to you. Yeah. I, I was actually trying to answer this question earlier. And uh, I don't know if there is a thing. That would make me play standard again. Not being forty, um, we just we hit that we hit that point. And you're like, man, I'm yeah. 40. I mean, that might be part of it too. Like, I definitely have a different perspective of, of the world over the last, I'll say, eighteen months 18 than I meant beforehand. Yeah, yeah. It's not like big world events happened in that time. Well, I mean, the big world events were more than eighteen months ago. Fair, but... fair. Um. So if you want to reach out to us on social media with any of those thoughts, all those links are in the description. So get in there, click on them, and say hey. Yeah, let us know. Um, if you're looking to support the show, there's two ways you can do it. The first is super easy with our TCG Player affiliate link, uh, casualtryhard.com slash TCG is the link that you need to follow. Um, anything you purchase after following that link to TCG Player will help to support the show by getting us a percentage of your purchase price. So it doesn't cost you anything and helps us out, and we'd appreciate it. Uh, if you're looking to support us more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Patrons get access to our show notes. They get access to our pre-show. More of us every week is always good. And you get put on my mailing list when I have stuff to send out. And I have stuff to send out. So if you're on the fence... Sign up quick before I send my stuff out, and I'll include you in my list. Who doesn't like um, stuff? Yeah, stuff is always good. Again, that's patreon.com slash casualtriadmtg. And chip a couple bucks in. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. All right. So with that, we'll catch you on the internets. We'll catch you on the internets. <laughs>